Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Come on, take care of that burned-out yard. Brings you <laughs> Garage Logic Podcast number 675, August 17th, 2021. 100 degrees on this day in 1947, and I have previously told you that seven temperature records for the month of August were set in 1947. 42 degrees in 1962. No let-up in the swimming season. We're in for 90s the rest of the week. And if you'd like clearer water on your lake, beach, or pond front, let Aquaside help you with AquaClear products. They get the muck out and all that stuff that settles to the bottom. Uh, you know, the plant material and the branches and stuff, and the kids don't like to touch that. This gets rid of everything. It's uh, You sprinkle it out there by hand over a four-week period, and bing, bang, boom, you've got a clean, sandy swimming beach. It's organic. It won't hurt anything. Uh, White Bear Lake Company, call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Boys, you know what? What's up, Joe? Uh, nothing makes sense. I'll say. No matter where I look, I'm being very serious. Nothing makes sense. Biden administration approves largest ever, ever permanent increase to food stamp program. Claims the effort will stabilize our democracy. They announced yesterday the largest ever increase to the federal government's supplemental nutrition assistance program, approving an additional $20 billion for the already expansive initiative. Nothing makes sense. Well, Pe- I can make sense of that. That's easy. Well, but peop- the airport's having a job fair. They need 700 employees. There's hiring signs everywhere. Why, why, why are you playing into the... Uh, idea of not working. Ooh, Kenny's got an answer. Kenny. Yes, Kenny. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Hey, you, 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 you. Uh, go- <laughs> government dependence. Right. And he wants to increase government dependence. Well, listen to this one. Nothing makes sense. President Joe Biden authorized $500 million in aid relief to Afghan refugees yesterday, according to a White House news release. Mm-hmm. The money will come from the United States Emergency Refugee and Migration Assistance Fund for the purpose of meeting unexpected urgent refugees in migration needs of refugees, victims of conflict, and other persons at risk as a result of the situation in Afghanistan, including applicants for special migrant visas, according to the White House. And then the rest of the story is the uh, the chaotic scenes from yesterday. So there's no explanation of who is going to Distribute the five hundred million. How? To whom? What does that matter, Joe? We don't what, need nothing. Any specifics. This doesn't make sense. Could the five hundred million dollars have been reduced if you had a more orderly withdrawal from the country? There's... I guarantee you that money will end up in the wrong hands. Yes. You trust the Taliban? Sure. No, what if the money trust... has to go through the Taliban? 
you know, I, I don't even trust our own government. Who, who we're that. asking to be nice. Oh, be nice. Come on. Just be nice. Oh, speaking of that, speaking of that, did uh, you see the... Um, nothing makes sense. Did you see the uh, CNN reporter uh, on the Wearing scene a burqa? Yesterday. Yeah, I got to oh, play that. Oh, that. that stunt has been done millions of times. I got to play that little audio for you, Christine though. Amanpour, well, she's worn a burqa, you know. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that is not a bit. Nope. Neither was well, the. I audio think from her yesterday. last her last line though kind of qualified that. Speaking about how bizarre it was, I don't think she was trying to say these are good people. I think she was saying this is the weirdest damn thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Huh. Her last line there. You think that, huh, John? English. Do you speak it? <laughs> oh wait, I can't use the other line, can I? <laughs> Nothing makes sense to me. But they seem nice. They're just why chanting death to America. Why are Bizarre. you authorizing $500 million more million of Americans' money when you created the situation that requires the $500 million? Um, Can you imagine? Oh, I'm going to do it. What the hell? Why not? Can you imagine if this was all taking place under the previous regime? Well, the point is it didn't. Yep. And the conditions, see, Biden tried to throw, he said the buck stops here, and then he started blaming everybody else. Everybody else, else yeah, exactly. (laughs) But what Trump did when he negotiated with these toenail painters is he said, look, (laughs) if you bleep this up, you're going to get bombed like no country's ever been bombed before. What did they do for the last year, 18 months? Not one American casualty. Right. They behaved. They did. And he said, it, and it, you know, they believed him. You'll get bombed like no other country's been bombed. We'll bomb every bleeping cave you own. I, I for one, uh, I, I miss that kind of swaggering mm. ego. <laughs> was, but I Joe, he said mean stuff on enjoy, Twitter. I enjoyed his speeches because of that. That kind wasn't of his speech. That was the meeting he had with them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I well, know. don't don't forget he also released 500 yeah. of the Taliban, including the fellow who now runs the country. Yeah. He was released from prison. Yeah. Well, yeah, he sure did. John, yeah. doesn't that play with my theme? Nothing makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It Nothing makes does. sense. But I guess what I my my point is, imagine the way that this story would be covered differently. Oh, we we know that. That's a, uh, that's obvious. I'm just pointing that out. I'm just pointing that out. You know, Kelsey's a deep thinker, and he's been a longtime friend of the show and a longtime contributor. And uh, he has written one hell of an email. Uh, I don't want to read the whole thing. It's the longest one he's ever written. But he sees a real he sees a real bad moon rising here. I mean, in, in, in a country in Afghanistan, the, uh, the this, world, this country, all the above. <laughs> He, uh, he believes the ultimate goal of the elites, and he would include the current administration, well, anybody that's an elite, is to, to, just, to destroy America and Europe, and they have just about succeeded. It is not an accident that Europe's elites have flooded that continent with anti-Christians. No sane person would knowingly bring the most dissimilar people on the planet to their home and expect anything other than total anarchy. Not just dissimilar, but people who believe that their God requires them to destroy anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. The final piece of the puzzle is to crash the world's economy and then the game is over. The recent massive addition of debt and the accompanying inflation is not an accident. 
Artificially keeping rates low for this long also enabled them to place more Americans in personal unsustainable debt than ever before. When the financial bubble bursts, they will buy up America for pennies on the dollar. This includes businesses, homes, and farmland. They will make this country a renter nation with them owning the housing and food production. Bill Gates and other billionaires are already buying up billions of acres of prime farmland, and a huge percentage of housing units are being scooped up by corporations. I'm not going to give them that we don't know that because I've read that. They know that once the control... That once they control shelter and food production, we will be their slaves. They are going to exploit this country the way they have always exploited third world countries, which is exactly what we will become very shortly. We will be treated like African, Asian, and South American countries were in the last century. America is not special to them. It is just another resource-rich landmass to market and exploit. It is nothing more than another dot on the world map. We have always bragged about our national and state parks and other public lands. Well, the only reason we have them is because we as a nation are rich. With the debt bomb coming, these areas will be luxuries we can't afford to protect. Get ready to see those areas opened up and destroyed. Finally, they have done everything in their power to demoralize and destroy America's domestic police forces. And they are also working on making our military obsolete. I believe that they will attempt to combine the two in some fashion. They're currently trying to federalize elections, and soon they will federalize policing. You won't have local police. They will be under the umbrella of the federal government, just what the Founding Fathers warned us against. I fear that there is no hope of keeping this as one nation. Attempts at secession and ultimately civil war is inevitable. He also said get ready for an Afghan version of Ilan Omar in this country. I think he's right. Get ready for, the, okay, uh, for an so Afghani Ilhan Omar. He's he has the capabilities of thinking very very dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. He backs it up with you know history and understanding of world politics. Does he give any kind of solution? Any kind of answers? How do we stop this? How do we turn this around? How do we take back the country? Anything? No. They're, they're, well, that's your assignment for tomorrow, Kelsey. Well, there is no <laughs> answer to that except. The answer we've come up with is, is to push back, however successfully or unsuccessfully we, we've been able to. But just the first two th- stories I mentioned uh, don't make sense. You're going to increase food stamps by $20 billion at a time when employers can't even find help. You could go be making a living. And, and two, he authorizes $500 million bucks yesterday in relief aid to Afghan refugees. Well... What? I have a question. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something ain't Something right. Ain't Something right. ain't right. So, um, something's going on that we don't know anything about. In your lifetime. Yep. And you guys are older than me. Boy, and it's almost over. Has the country <laughs> ever had the appearance of being weaker than it currently is right now? I'm talking every single aspect of this country. Has it ever appeared weaker? Um, the lead up to World War II. Yeah. Okay. Joe? Oh, the botch Bay of Pigs, the, uh, yeah, the dreadful way that the Vietnam involvement ended after losing yeah. 56,000 Americans. Yeah. And the 70s in general, in that era that you're talking about, Joe, okay. right after when we had all the economic problems, we, you know. I, I will draw a distinction. Vietnam. Okay. I will attempt to draw a distinction. Those were set pieces, uh, independent of the country essentially working. Whereas today, 
the calamity in Afghanistan seems to be par for the course. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the, yep. the uh, you know, the Bay of Pigs was a, a very tense situation, uh, but it was happening. It was happening at its own event and did not reflect a faltering ideology of the American spirit. Oh, right. I think I think this does. I th- I don't it, know where this will lead us, but we're we're no longer looked at the same way now around the rest of the world. I don't know where this will take us. Uh, are we to be flooded with Afghanis who are going to establish their own? Uh, Territories in in uh, Minneapolis, like the Somalis have, and there's your there's your next Afghani Ilhan Omar. We we have to to quote Bill Maher of all people. Oh boy, I know. Ugh, we've been behaving as a silly people. Yeah, you know? well, damn it, I hate when he's right. You know. <laughs> We're worried about whether Mr. Potato Head has a unit, uh, to paraphrase him. Uh, do you think the Chinese give a damn that there's a Chinese caricature in a Dr. Seuss book? No. no. We care, we but do. not Chinese. We're gonna... We're, we have lost or are rapidly losing what, I, what has identified us as Americans. And, and unlike the Bay of Pigs, and unlike Vietnam, which was dreadful and, and long, those were one-offs, as horrific as they were to the people who lost loved ones. Because this just seems like a wave of one bleep storm after another. Yeah, this just seems like the new norm now. So what, what needs to happen in order to bolster the American spirit to bring us all together again? The last time we were all together was the day after 9-11. Yeah, and I have a prediction about that. And is that what we need to, no. get, to get back to the center? No, my prediction would be, God forbid another 9-11 happened, I don't think it would bring us together. It wouldn't. I it, would, think, it would result in Not like in it did pointing. 21 years ago. No, it, was, it would result in finger pointing. Or 20 years 20 ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. So there wouldn't be a rush to join... Whatever uh, military division you're, you're, of your choosing, Marines, Army, Navy. Kenny, you can't even get high school kids to make 15 bucks an hour at Super America. You think that, Where are they getting their money? From their parents. Nothing know. makes sense. You know? Nothing makes sense. I'm, I'm afraid you're right. Joel, I currently live in the belly of the beast in Arlington, Virginia, just over the border from D.C. I grew up in St. Paul near St. Catharines. I'm a retiring military and ended up out here because of my follow-up contracting work. You can't believe the frustration and anger me and my military colleagues have, have, have over what happened in Afghanistan. Who's responsible? I've had to live among the media and political elite in the nation's capital for a long time. And this article articulates better than ever I could why we are in such danger with these hapless people running our country. And he linked me to a piece in realclearmarkets.com that I haven't gotten to yet. But I appreciate being reached out to from Arlington, Virginia. There was a great tweet that I posted yesterday from, of all people, Jay Glazer, who covers the NFL for Fox. But basically, he just said, today's the day you need to call a vet. 
Call a vet, reach out, talk to somebody, because this is a hard day for those. Thinking about a vet I know that wanted to go over there and joined up right after high school and was uh, in there and in the S, as they say, pretty heavily, and got back home and couldn't live with himself and tried suicide. Joe, regarding your discussion pertaining to the events in Afghanistan for Monday's show, I am a parent of a Marine who served in combat zones in both Iraq and Afghanistan. I also have a kid who currently serves in the Army. Both serve proudly. They went into their respective branches knowing full well the consequences that could befall them as they served their country. When my Marine was deployed into Afghanistan, he was in Helmand province during a time when things were intense. We prayed nightly for him and his fellow Marines safely during their seven-month deployment. Periodically, we would get a phone call that came across our cell phones with a very strange caller ID, and they came at all hours of the day and night. Those calls came from his vehicle commander's satellite phone. When they came, there was always a feeling of excitement that our son was calling, but there was also a sense of trepidation at the same time for obvious reasons. When his deployment was up, I am thankful to say that his brigade was the first in a long line of light-armored combat brigades that suffered no casualties during their deployment. When he returned back from Afghanistan, my family made the trip to 29 Palms to welcome him home. We wanted to show him and, the, and his fellow Marines we were proud of them and appreciated their commitment to our country. I am old enough to remember our Vietnam vets coming home and how they were treated as pariahs. I was not going to allow that to happen with my son and his fellow Marines. I am happy to say we were joined by hundreds of other families when those Marines arrived on those white buses at 29 Palms in June of 2011. My kid made it back from two deployments in combat zones. Over 2,000 of our service members did not. Another 20,000-plus were wounded, suffering terrible physical trauma. As events have unfolded in Afghanistan in a chaotic manner over the last few days, the current administration, along with the top brass of the Pentagon, have done a great disservice to all the men and women who have served honorably in Afghanistan. Incompetent leadership by failing to generate an exit strategy after 20 years and to replicate Saigon in 1975 is inexcusable. I can only imagine the mental pain and anguish of the parents, spouses, sons, daughters, brothers, and sisters of those who have experienced the loss of loved ones who serve so honorably. It pains me as a parent, and I have not experienced that kind of loss. Uh, to exit this 20-year war in such a dishonorable and chaotic manner is a disservice to all the soldiers, sailors, Marines, Air Force, and Coast Guard personnel who have served and currently serve along with their families. If you should read my letter on your podcast, please don't use my last name. There aren't too many folks, uh, I won't even mention his town, uh, who have a kid in the Marines and a daughter who is an Army officer. Thank you for what you guys do. But well, we don't do bleep. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't do bleep. Uh, the Australian, let me do this first. I have a, an Americana. Please, we uh, need it right now. Americana in Maine. Joe and the troop of knuckleheads. I have been a listener for many years and finally am sending in my first email. My wife and I just spent a few days out east and saw some amazing Americans in Gloucester, Mass. The picture attacked, attached was at the Fisherman's Memorial, and the entire road is lined with American flags. It was sad to read about the more than 5,000 fishermen who have died out of that port but super impressed with the tribute and flags. We also drove, drove through many small fishing towns in Maine, and America was honored many times. Another place we stopped was called Red's Eats in Wiscasset, Maine, for the best lobster roll in Maine. We were not disappointed. We waited in line outside for over two hours and had a blast just talking with all the folks. 
Also, I have eaten more red meat in the past couple of years than in the previous 51 since you guys introduced me to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the north end of Highway 61. It has changed my life. Hope this is the first of many emails to come, Brent Wild. He's, he's a, a, a now a convert to the great Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats nice. on Highway 61 in Hugo, and it's changed his life. It's changed the life of many GLers who have been just grilling the stuff from the grocery store. This is this is made by a meat guy. There we go. It's right there at the counter. Waga Waga. What are they? Wagyu. Wagyu, Wagyu steaks <laughs> and burgers and a hundred thousand different brats and the meatloafs and uh, it's just been fascinating. And uh, there's two locations: the original on Highway 61, just north of Hugo, and the new Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 97 in Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, if you're looking to improve the water quality in your home, then trust my friends at Hofferman Water. They are your local independent water treatment dealer, and they have been serving Minnesotans for nearly 50 years, and they understand the unique problems that Minnesota water brings. They are also an independent and authorized Connecticut dealer, so whether you're looking to soften, filter, or you just want your water to taste better, they will help make your water worry-free. I'm a prime example. I went with the Connecticut system a couple of years ago. I have the S. 650 system inside my home it made an absolute world of difference it improved everything your 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 dishes your your laundry your showers everything inside your home gets better with Kinetico and my friends at Hofferman Water if you already have a water treatment system in your home well they can help you with service and repairs they specialize in Kinetico products but service many other major brands too they can also help with salt delivery filter changes parts repairs and more give them a shout today you can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at HoffermanWater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. Say, uh, GLers, uh, did your coffee, your crabby coffee shop blend of beans arrive from the coffeegrounds.com yet? Well, maybe a better question, did you even order them yet? Let's get after it here, GLers. The best beans available on this earth, uh, we're talking Brazilian, Colombian, Costa, bleeping, Rican, Mexican, <laughs> Ethiopian, French roast, Italian. Do I have to name them all? Because I will. I yes, can. Yes. Oh, oh, and, and uh, the GL blends, the most important blends of all. They're all available from thecoffeegrounds.com. Eric and Julie, the owners of the Coffee Grounds, have got an amazing operation going in Eau Claire with home-cooked meals in the restaurant, a brewery. and a, oh, oh, wait a minute. Speaking of the brewery, Tutu Benet. Say that with me, fellas. Tutu, Tutu Ben A. They're going to be at the K-Point Brewery. Tutu Ben A, yeah. <laughs> at the K-Point Brewery in the coffee grounds, serving up deep dish pizza next Thursday, the 26th, starting at 430. So if you're in the area, make plans to stop by and enjoy some wonder, wonderful deep dish, deep dish pizza from <laughs> Tutu Ben A. I can say it. The Coffee Grounds, Southtown Drive, north of 94 in Eau Claire, and, of course, on the World Wide Web, thecoffeegrounds.com. Uh, yesterday, Chris played a, uh, a audio of an, an Australian authority, and I would have sworn it was a bit. Can you replay it? There will be no removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail 
uh, at a pop-up beer garden on a footpath uh, as part of a pub crawl. I think that's my favorite accent in the world. You like yeah. that? I just love it. Steve uh, writes, uh, duck, duck, go versus Google. If you don't want to be tracked, don't want your info shared by third party and no ads, use duck, duck, go in your search engine. Why don't they advertise with us? I use it and it works great. <laughs> And as we all know, your phone is always listing and tracking you. A short story. I was at the fair with my brother-in-law. We were in Machinery Hill looking at old tractors and talking about them. Mind you, I have never looked up, talked about, searched for old tractors, but lo and behold, I started getting advertisements for old tractors on Facebook and search engines. The bastards tracked me. And finally, Australia has lost its mind. And Reavers was right. The no-drinking beer was not a bit. They have gone full-on lockdown. Here is the source. Annabelle Jim also sent me the same thing because he thought it was a bit, had to look it up for himself. It's from The Guardian. Uh, uh, Victoria lockdown restrictions uh, are uh, compulsory. Okay. When can I leave my house? In metropolitan Melbourne, you cannot leave your home unless it is for one of five approved reasons, similar to previous lockdowns. The reasons are shopping for essentials, authorized work, if you cannot work from home, or education. Exercise for up to two hours, caregiving, compassionate and medical reasons, and to get vaccinated. Essential workers who can't work from home will need to get a permit to go to work from 11.59 p.m. Tuesday, 17 Jesus August. H. Can I go out at night? A curfew has been reintroduced, meaning people in Greater Melbourne must stay home between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. The rule takes effect at 11.59 uh, 9 p.m. Monday, two days ago, or, or last night, I guess. But Daniel Andrews urged people to obey the 9 p.m. Uh, deadline tonight. Is David, Daniel Andrews is maybe the guy we heard, huh? Yes, that is Daniel Andrews. How long will the lockdown last? The lockdown in Melbourne was initially extended until 18 August, but as local transition, transmission continues, it has been extended until 11.59 p.m. Thursday to September. In regional Victoria, it was lifted at 11.59 uh, p.m. Monday, August 9th. How far can I travel from home? For shopping and exercise in Melbourne, you need to stay within a five-kilometer radius of your home. What are the rules for exercise? In metropolitan Melbourne, there is a two-hour limit on exercise, and it can only be with one other person, and you must stay within a 5K radius of your, kilometer radius of your home. Gyms have closed their doors again, and community sport will be suspended. Outdoor exercise equipment, including skate parks, are closed. What are the rules for wearing face masks? Masks must be worn everywhere except in your home. This includes both indoor places and outdoor places. Well, why stop there? Make them wear in the, inside their house. Unless you have a medical exemption. It also applies to all workplaces and secondary schools. Masks can now also not be removed to drink alcohol outdoors. Also, no talking to anyone. Nope. With Sydney still in a lockdown amid a handful of new COVID-19 cases, the top official for New South, top health official, for New South Wales has called for a new level of social distancing in humanity, not having conversations with other people. After reporting a whopping 78 new COVID-19 cases and one death in the state, Chief Health Officer Dr. Kerry Chant told reporters Tuesday that Australians should not engage in conversation even if both parties are wearing masks and regardless of vaccination status. Whilst, whilst it's human nature to engage in conversation with others to be friendly. Unfortunately, this is not the time to do that, Chant said. 
So even if you run into your next-door neighbor in the shopping center, don't start a no. conversation. Mm-mm. Now is the time for minimizing your interactions with others. Chant also called on residents to continue staying at home and to refrain from visiting friends and family. We need to consider whenever we leave our house uh, that anyone with us, anyone we come in contact with, could convey the virus. And we'll see you at the state fair. <laughs> this is Holy madness. mackerel. This is utter madness. This is nuts. Nothing makes sense. They, I, I don't know if this was included in that story, but they also issued the same type of restrictions in New Zealand. Yeah, because they had one case. One. They have one case, yeah. One. One case. This is utter madness. What is going on? How's Sweden doing right now? I can look it up. I've heard on social that it's doing pretty well, but uh, I put no stock in social. (laughs) Those of us who had Moderna, which was me... We're told now to get a booster after eight months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with me and Pfizer. April, May, June, July. Uh, I'm looking up Sweden's COVID rates, Kenny. They have no new cases as of August 15th and their seven-day average of 801. I don't know what that means. I'd say that's pretty good. The people of Australia, uh, I'm reading of no unrest in Australia. The people of Australia must be very accepting of this. Or they're just going to ignore it completely. Yeah. There are photos of everybody out and about with masks on. And uh, the weird, weird stat here, only 26% of the people over 16 have been vaccinated. Really? That would explain why things may be spreading. Let's say it's <laughs> late Australia. October, early November here in the great state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that we see a rise in cases here in the great state of Minnesota, maybe from the super spreader known as the great Minnesota get-together or what have you. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when Governor Walls institutes this same type of lockdowns? I don't know. People are going to go nuts. I don't know. I don't know. I still wonder what mitigation dynamics will be used at the fair. Because with each passing day, the news isn't getting any better. You know, the metro area is a hot spot for the variant. Sure. If you look at the map that's provided for the, by the Minnesota Department of Health, mm-hmm. there's, there's no light area in the state of Minnesota. It's a colored map, and the darkest color is the highest concentration of the variant. And uh, there's, no, uh, there's no color to indicate that there's any really safe county, for example, in Minnesota from the variant. Now, for all I know, those of us who've been vaccinated have been exposed to the variant, and we aren't getting it. I don't know that. I don't know that. Well, this is all just a giant we don't know that. Mm -hmm. What do you know today that you didn't know in March of 2020? Nothing makes sense. That's what I know. Nothing makes sense. Why why was it safe for 15,000 people to go to a ball game, but it wouldn't have been safe for 20,000? Or 100,000 at Lollapalooza. Yep. Or whatever they had. I don't know what their crowd was. And how come you can work out for two hours in Australia, but two and a half hours, that's violating the rules? What I don't get about Lollapalooza is why they are left off the hook. But Sturgis um, is getting attacked. They had to... You had to be vaccinated. Uh, oh, yeah, I know, John. And 90% of the people let through the doors either had the vaccination or had proof um, in the last 72 hours that they didn't have the disease. They only turned away 10%. But still, it's a super spreader. Please. 
if you call it anything else but, uh, you're lying. And the, th- the fact that you might have had a, a negative test 72 hours ago, that doesn't mean you don't have it right now. Right. Yeah. That is the standing rule right now at uh, bars and all concert venues. Yep. Either either vaccination or 72 hours you've had a test, a negative yep. test. Yep, and more and more bars in Minneapolis and uh, St. Paul are jumping on board with that. Uh, lots of, because I have a kid who plays music, a lot of tours are being canceled because bands just kind of yeah. deal with the logistics of all of it, yep. smaller bands, and now larger bands also. So music industry, again, is uh, slipping away. Yeah, I miss live shows, huh? Uh-huh. What's uh, the the thread you guys started about going to see the Doobie <laughs> Brothers? <laughs> You are so... We got you a little confused with that, we, didn't we, Joe? Yeah. Did, did I save that? Uh, I was oh. tempted to post that whole uh, exchange <laughs> no, on Twitter last please, night. Please don't. We, uh, we, we know a guy that might be able to get us in. That's who wants to go to the... Here's Reavers last night. Who wants to go to the Doobie Brothers at the fair? Matt, how, do you get, how did you get seats? Such, I do, but I have to determine... <sighs> Let's see, I'm going to edit this on behalf of Joe. I do, but I have to determine how much I want to spend time with... At the fair. At at the the fair. fair. At the fair. Uh, And then Kenny chimes in. (laughs) Kenny chimes in with, Hey, Joe, meet me in the country for a day. We'll be happy and we'll dance. And if I'm feeling good to you and you're feeling good to me, there ain't nothing we can't do or say. Then John chimes in, feeling good, feeling fine. Let the music play. Are those doobies? <laughs> Chris lyrics? chimed in with something silly. <laughs> and then Such goes, WTF? <laughs> and I chime in, who are you kidding? We know you'd like to hear some funky Dixieland and dance a honky tonk. I would. I've never seen them live. <laughs> I almost sent the clip of Coyote Mccloud, the YouTube clip of oh, him yeah. ramping, ramping that song. <laughs> Just to ease different, the confusion. Different, different song. Well, you know, know what I'm saying, song. though, because we all love that clip. I <laughs> yeah. was going to send that, too, just to add further confusion to the old mayor. Uh, hey, pizza and pull tabs are back. Hey! Hey! As you know, we're, we're grateful to have Red Savoy Pizza back on the Garage Logic podcast. And you know what else is back? Pizza and pull tabs. I guess Red's had to go jump through hoops. With the uh, with the state with the state government, so they can have pull tabs. We got all that settled now, though. Uh, and they're going to be uh, at all sixteen Red Savoy restaurants this week, and they're here to stay. When you order a pizza at Red Savoy, they're going to tuck a pull tab into the flap of the box. Tear the pull tab open for a chance to win prizes, including free pizza, pasta, wings, salads, cookies, pop, as well as money off your next purchase. You can even win the grand prize. You know what the grand prize is? What's the grand prize, bro? Free pizza for a year. Wow. Wow. From Red Savoy. Pizza and pull tabs. That's as soda style as it gets. S-O-T-A. For the longest time, there's, there's, give me one of those examples of a pull tab. Yeah, give me an example of a pull tab. There There you go, bro. Yeah. Is it an unopened one? Yeah, unopened. Okay, so you you go like this. Give her a rip. Open here. All right. Probably the first oh, pull tab he's ever ripped. Uh, <laughs> I haven't won anything yet. Free pizza for a year. No. Oh, that doesn't count? No. Okay. But that's what you get. You get they're just like regular pull tabs. <laughs> that's right. And you get them at Red Savoy, all they 16. Three strips, yeah, just like very, a regular pull tab. Very informative. <laughs> yeah. All 16 locations. Well, there's a picture of a person Good ad, here. Joe. And, Good uh, ad. <laughs> Picture you of save a this one state of Minnesota and a picture of an acorn. And you might get a Marconi I'm for sure this. I'm sure you'll <laughs> figure it out. Red Savoy Pizza.
Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Oh. What? He can't. Oh. That's what he said. This guy wears many hats, <laughs> just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Are we ready? I'm yeah. rolling. Yes. Is Kenny doing something? Yeah. Yes. I'm rolling. <laughs> hit the music, hit the bumper. Then Kenny comes on and says, don't talk to strangers. Lock your doors. Have situational awareness. Don't admit to being a cracker. And never send your kids to public schools near the country's tallest buildings. End of ad. Oh, wait, well, there's one more thing, and it's not a don't, it's a do. Uh, log on to dkmags.com for all your home and self-defense items, even your sports shooting, hunting stuff. Better yet, stop in for a visit at DK Mags on Old 8 in New Brighton, or even Monticello Pond and Gun. There are a couple of wonderful shops run by GLers. Best little gun shop in town, if you ask me. Um, up at Monticello Pond and Gun, not only can you get a firearm, buy yourself a pocket knife, TV, power tool, whatever you need. Uh, if you're a hunter or sports shooter, you need anything for home or self-defense, do it. And more and more ammo showing up every day, so the shelves are being restocked. That's great. Competitive prices, knowledgeable, friendly service. You'll get it all at dkmags.com. I got a note from uh, Doug White in Fort Smith, Arkansas, who said, I trust you will be discussing this on today's podcast. And he sent a... Uh, a piece saying that Minnesota school administrators are calling for decentering whiteness. And uh, it's 162 principals and assistant principals at schools in Minnesota issued a public letter calling for decentering whiteness and dismantling practices that reinforce white academic superiority while claiming that their efforts meant they were making a sacrifice for our children. So I thought, well, what the hell? I, I did a little deep diving and it turns out this story is in a lot of sites. It's in the Toronto Star. It's in the Daily Mail. It's uh, It's been everywhere except here in our conventional news. I think maybe Carol Evan did something about it. But here's from the Toronto Star. A group of 162 principals in Minnesota have signed a pledge with the goal of decentering whiteness in their school system. Huh. The group who call themselves the Good Trouble Principals are standing up for students of color by demanding that racist standardized testing come to an end in what has become an Americanized caste system. In the pledge, they say they are bound together by a commitment to changing our nation's future by engaging in better, more equitable education practices. The principals cited a quote from late civil rights icon and former Georgia Congressman John Lewis 
writing, do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So they call themselves the good trouble principles. The uh, group also accused PTAs and teachers unions of promoting white supremacy. Traditional organized whiteness ensures domination through forms like PTAs and unions, reads the pledge. We purposely call out and lift up historically non-represented voices of color in our spaces to hold weight and power. Marie Melander Friestlebin, a member of the group, told Fox News these groups have played a role in attempting to preserve segregation in schools and to remove contracted teachers of color without due process. According to the news channel, the pledge was uncovered by Parents Defending Education, a grassroots organization that opposes liberal indoctrination in schools. All right. They believe the principal should focus on preser- preserving diversity of thought and prioritize education goals. John Lewis believed in diversity of thought and knew that every child needed to be literate and numerate if they were able to have any agency and opportunity he so wanted for black Americans, all Americans. Uh, said Erica Sanzi, Parents Defending Education's director. The idea that 162 principals think they are honoring his legacy by citing non-existing research to defend prioritizing the decentering of whiteness over the basic responsibility of teaching children to read and write and do basic arithmetic is troubling. It's not good trouble. According to Melander Friesleben, Minnesota has been leading the country in educational outcome disparities among students of color and white students for almost two decades. She compared it to tearing down the Berlin Wall, saying that's the symbolism for me in walls coming down, seeing those outcomes tumble. Sanzi, however, calls the comparison a red flag, explaining that it shows that they subscribe to an ideology that is ahistorical and far afield from their obligations as educators of other children. Then I went to the Center for the American Experiment, and they provide the list of Minnesota principals who pledged to decenter whiteness. The list of 162, I'm not going to read all their names. They're all over the place. The list of uh, 162 individuals who have joined forces to decenter whiteness in school structures has been found. And, you, and then it says, here's that list, and you click on there. I will the, post that list. And the Center for American Experiment has it. We declare that we are not leaving white children behind by lifting black, brown, and indigenous children up, but that we not only have the collective capacity to hold all of our children up and into the light, but our white children have been done a great disservice by sustaining white-centered schools in America over all these years. I'm not sure I understand what that means. And it is to their equal benefit to thrive in schools where they are not spoon-fed the poison that they are better because of their skin color, where they have principals and teachers who boldly lead them to both humility and pride, and where they have the beautiful privilege of thriving while their classmates of color thrive as well. I, I, I can find nothing wrong with that sentiment, except I, I'm unaware that white children are being spoon-fed the idea that they're superior. Does that ring true to anybody? No, no. just their environment um, perpetuates that. Just the, the their everyday life. Um, Can you give me the um, headline, the, the title of this particular article again? I'm trying to find it on their website. On the American Experiment? Yes. List of Minnesota principals who pledged to decenter whiteness. Oh, okay. Uh, Carl Catron uh, Wing Catron Wigfall. 
C-A-T-R-I-N, Wigfall, W-I-G-F-A-L-L. Minnesota public school leaders are welcoming staff back to school by announcing their focus on whiteness. The Hopkins Public Schools super asked staff to examine their whiteness. Uh, the immediate District 287 superintendent, the intermediate uh, District 287 superintendent, told staff confronting systems of whiteness should be the norm, and principals have announced their aim to decenter whiteness in school structures, reported Carol Evan News. Over 150 principals announced Tuesday they were joining forces to launch a coalition aimed at dismantling racist policy, uh, policies and practices that exist within the state's educational system. Uh, okay. According to Carol Evan, the following list of goals the coalition aims to achieve was revealed at a press release. Decentering whiteness. Understanding that traditional organized whiteness ensures domination through forms like PTAs and unions. I'm all for the getting rid of their union if that's what they're up to. We purposely call out and lift up historically non-representative voices of color in our spaces to hold weight and power. Dismantling practices that reinforce white academic superiority, like bias in testing and the labeling, tracking, and clustering that reflect an Americanized version of a caste system in our schools. Reconstructing school upon our full in-person returns where business as usual, like schedules and staffing, are open to drastic changes and engaging in that preparatory work now. Speaking truth to power, where our commitment by holding, where our commitment to holding ourselves and those who serve under us accountable to this work is just as important extended to those who serve over us. Looking at the list, the vast majority of these principals all reside in the Minneapolis right. school district. And, and St. Paul. And St. Paul, sorry. Thank these you. Uh, examples are just the tip of the iceberg. The center of the American experiment has heard from numerous school employees and teachers that schools focus on whiteness, white fragility, and racial justice is undermining and limiting the educator's ability to prioritize academic success. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of Googling decentering whiteness mm -hmm. and ended up on some... <laughs> website um, called the Shipley School, S-C-H-I-P-L-E-Y, Shipley. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> this might be ground zero for the mystery, <laughs> so this is... Uh, You're saying I that there's up, one letter that's uh, missing from that uh, particular school? Yeah, maybe the P should be. <laughs> um, but I ended up with an article called Decentering Whiteness at Home and in Your Family. And uh, it gives us four different pointers on how we can uh, walk through our home and uh, get rid of everything that's white. And it is hysterical. You mean like a washing machine? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my you fridge. Know, you know, <laughs> walk through your home and take note of the artwork on the walls, the books on the shelves, the toys in the playroom, the movies, DVR, the colors, patterns, and textile. Yes, Such, and textiles of your yeah. decor. So, yes. Our home tells the story of who we are and what holds meaning in our lives. As my children walk through the home that we share together, what message are they receiving about what is normal or neutral? You're supposed to talk about the differences, be deliberate about language, find or create local multiracial activities. And this is all penned by a gal named Lila Corrigan, the middle school English teacher, and the, hold on to your hats, the Middle School Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator at the Shipley School. 
So obviously I'm going, Shipley School, who the hell are they? I go over to their homepage, <laughs> the lead piece on their homepage, Why Pronouns Matter. <laughs> oh, God. Um, only because we're going to get emails about this, Joe. <laughs> and, I, you know, we're, we're fact-based and everything else. On the top of that particular article right next to the list or the, uh, the headline, do you happen to see the date there? Oh, that yeah. this story was published. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's important to point that out. I'll tell you why. It's the only reason I did. September 12, 2020. Yeah. I found a number of pieces that are up to two to three years old. Yeah. But um, I found one from 1997. But this oh, piece really, from, this piece wow. from the Toronto this piece from the Toronto Star is August sixteenth, yesterday, twenty twenty one. Okay, just wanted to point that out. But yeah, well, let that. What's interesting about that is we weren't supposed to know about this. They tried to yeah. slide it under the table. We're not supposed to know about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boy, George Floyd did them a favor, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I I think I know what it means. I think there is a belief. Uh, we've discussed it before, however peripherally, but this has come up before. I think what's happening is uh, there is a belief that achievement is merely a white affectation, mm-hmm. and therefore it must be undermined. Or, no, they would say, no, we don't intend to undermine achievement. But they believe... Well, this goes back to my theory that you have living in America now too many people from the failed academy who believe that the founding of the country was flawed, and thus everything that flowed from that founding is flawed. And they look at some, they look at a white kid who gets an A in a math test, and they believe that's simply an affectation of his skin color. But, and the kid, the black kid who might get a D in it, they think that's because the test is oppressive. It was tailored to white people. So instead of balancing the playing field and making sure everybody gets the same education and you achieve the same goals and work towards a successful career, they're telling kids of color, yeah, don't worry about your grades, guys and gals. Grades don't matter. Well, once you don't again. have to do, you don't have to read or do arithmetic. That doesn't matter. Look at Oregon. Well, once again, all you're doing is you're harming children of color. You're making them less than. And at the same time telling them they're not. You're making them less than, and you're blaming the white kids who are their friends and buddies and teammates, and you're blaming, the, you're blaming achievement on whiteness. And therefore, we, therefore, we got to do something about that. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. <laughs> something ain't something right. Something ain't right. Meanwhile, here's some more food stamps for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just how do people not see this? Well, uh, a lot of people have seen this. I know the reverend sees right through this nonsense. This is just BS. The the reverend's going. Wait a minute, something's not right over on the north side here. C- can you can we hit pause on this discussion mm-hmm. and take care of the gang warfare? The south side of Chicago that was a disaster over the weekend. Come on, come on, man. There was also a Daily Wire piece, uh, which is not my favorite website. That's what I was referred to by the guy in Arkansas. That was dated yesterday, 2021. Hmm. So it's only coming to light. Uh, Center for American Experiment uh, was, was on, on it, it almost a year ago. It was on it almost a year ago, uh, but that it hasn't come to light as far as I know in the Star Tribune no. or the Pioneer Press. And it won't. And, and, uh, Will it? 
I, I, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. And I, I really wish there was someone in favor of this program who would talk candidly about what they really mean, because what they're doing here is just confusing you with the gibberish. I have a feeling it might be covered in the Pioneer Press on Sunday. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> I, 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 I can only attempt to uh, guess what they mean. And, and I think what they mean is that uh, for too many years, getting good grades was accomplished by white kids. And therefore, that's a flawed look at what constitutes achievement. So to make it more equitable, that, that's the question. To make it more equitable, what will the math class now be like? We've, we've played the audio of the parents who come in and confront the teacher who uh, told the kid oh, right. that uh, 2 plus 2 is 4, and the kid said, no, it isn't. No, it's 22. Yeah, and the, and the parents are <laughs> mad at the teacher. And that was a white kid. And then when the teacher gets the buyout... At the end, yeah. Well, wait, no. Two plus two is forty, or what did she? Yeah, yeah. twenty-two thousand. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, well. Hey, uh, how are you? Hey, nothing makes sense. Nope. <laughs> and nothing makes sense more pointedly than the failed academy. That is the root of our problems. Mm -hmm. That is the uh, that is ground zero for what's happening to this country's spirit. Is a failed academy that essentially is selling the idea that this isn't a good country. Why then do you say people want open borders? If this isn't a good country, why are people so clamoring to get here? That you reminded me of something. There, there was a video posted yesterday kind of tying in the situation with President Biden speaking about Afghanistan and what currently is going on Where at is the border. Where is this from? I'm trying to find it. Is it I, Seattle? No, 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 that's something different. But I was trying to find this, but uh, the, the guy was basically pleading with saying, help us, you know, do something. There's just droves of people walking in, kids walking by themselves. It was heartbreaking to yeah. watch. What, what's the one you want to play me that you were teasing me about earlier in the when we were off air? I can't find that one either. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted Come to spring it on me, man. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, basically, uh, I don't know if John's going to have the story in his news or not, but... We all remember the the, the video Seattle is dying. Yeah, uh, it was created yeah. by yeah. the uh, sure. I think it was the ABC affiliate out yeah. in Seattle. Yeah, and they did a follow up, a little mini piece where a family confronted um, a homeless encampment or a few people at a homeless encampment because they stole stuff from them. Mm -hmm. And the one guy was beaten with a stick so bad, the dad I'm assuming of this family that he later died. Oh. Just for merely trying to retain his own possession at a homeless encampment. Was he also homeless? No, no. He was, he pulled up in his... I don't I don't believe so, anyway. Why don't you look for it while I tell you there's a place to go to escape this madness? Where's that? Giants Ridge, up in Bilwabek, home to the quarry and the legend, two of the greatest public golf courses in the country. They take care of you, too. They'll put together group golf rates for groups of eight or more, including customized tournament packages. So you get your buddies together or family members and go up there and have a weekend. Also a 37-hole special. Play the legend in the quarry, 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf, plus lunch on them between rounds for one incredible rate. you got to play these on the same day. 160 bucks plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. And uh, as I've been telling you, it's just a wonderful retreat to nature. 
and great views and hiking and biking and water recreation and the newest and largest lift serve mountain bike bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and more. View 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com or learn more and book tea times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling 218-865-8030. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. As you set out to explore Minnesota this fall, think about this. There are 234 cities in Minnesota with populations over 2,500. The Canopy Group has clients in all but seven of those. Why is this fact important? Because the Canopy Group's experience in all of these Minnesota cities gives them a unique edge in getting you the best home and auto insurance coverage at the best price. Remember, the Canopy Group offers 15 insurance companies for a reason to match your specific situation, including zip code with the possible best insurance company for you. This is done for you every year because your specific situation may change. It is also true that the insurance company's appetites might change as well. This experience is working throughout Minnesota. It provides thousands of Canopy Group clients a peace of mind knowing the Canopy Group is working for them. Please visit the Canopy Group com today <laughs> he's so predictable it's the end of the world as we know it and he feels fine Joe Souchere here's John Height Thank you, Joe. That uh, wildfire up in the Superior National Forest is nearly doubled in size. It's now about 2,000 acres. The Forest Service said late Monday night the fire's behavior was extreme with torching and long-range spotting. Authorities are using aircraft to limit the fire's spread to the north. Uh, Right now they're using two helicopters, one fixed-wing aircraft, eight engines, two bulldozers, and two tracking vehicles, or tracked vehicles, battling the fire. The fire's outside the wilderness area, threatening cabins, homes, and recreational sites. The fire also forced Highway 2 from Forest Highway 11 to Highway 1 to close up. Meanwhile, Lake County Sheriff's deputies and emergency management personnel went door-to-door to notify residents who were in the evacuation zone along McDougal Lakes. The Highway 2 corridor near Sand Lake and just north of Highway 1, about 75 residences were affected by the evacuation. Uh, meanwhile, Governor Walls has authorized the Minnesota National Guard to provide support in battling those wildfires. Is this inside that, the BWBWBWCABDBWA? S- south of it. It's right. in the uh, yes, Finland that. State Forest and the Superior National All Forest. Right. And Such, that that highway, he mentioned Highway 1 from Finland up to Ely, mm-hmm. one of the neatest drives in the state. I've driven it. And and if you want to do a snowmobile trip, that's the that's the trail you want to do. Mm-hmm. Go from Finland through Isabella up to uh, Ely and just turn around and come right back. It's mm-hmm. the coolest trail in the state. That might have to make the list of Reaver's trip home. Yeah. <laughs> the long way. Had a meeting in Ely, hon. <laughs> Prosecutors asked a judge yesterday on Monday to reject a request by a coalition of media outlets to unseal the names of the jurors who convicted ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin of murder and the death of George Floyd, saying it could subject them to harassment and make it harder to seat a jury for the trial of three co-defendants next year. Judge Peter Cahill had ordered earlier that the jurors identify 
identities be kept secret for at least 180 days after the verdict. That's three months away. Chauvin was convicted in April of killing Floyd and was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. The media coalition, which does include Hubbard Broadcasting, had asked the judge earlier this month to release the information immediately, saying there was no known threat to juror safety that would warrant keeping their names sealed. But why? Who benefits by releasing their names publicly? Uh, pretty much uh, the media, huh? What? Why? To go interview them or talk well, to them? just go get stories. Sure, oh, get stories. Right. And I would assume it's the thought process. A 19-year-old University of St. Thomas student and chairwoman of the school's Republican chapter made her first court appearance Monday on charges that she aided a prominent Minnesota GOP activist in a conspiracy to traffic minors for sex. The judge also unredacted a grand jury indictment officially identifying Gisela Castro-Medina as the person who was accused, along with 30-year-old Anton Tony Lazaro, of recruiting and trafficking those victims for commercial sex acts. The allegations against the two state GOP activists are part of a scandal that shook the Republican Party politics in Minnesota over the weekend. Lazaro's ties to GOP Chair Jennifer Carnahan have prompted calls for her resignation. A letter from Carnahan on Monday said that the party plans to set up a separate account to place all funds from Lazaro and donate them to charity. She continued to distance herself from Lazaro, saying the party has thousands of donors. However, Carnahan did co-host a podcast with Lazaro. From the Star Tribune, the Minnesota State Fair, uh, that's uh, what, folks? Uh, what, uh, a week seven, from Thursday. Nine days. From Thursday. Yeah, nine days. Nine oh, days God. away, so it's, it's very close. Uh, <laughs> a lot of folks uh, still looking for employees to work out there, including uh, Sweet Martha's. They're looking for 100 workers. Including Hot Garage in- Logic. <laughs> oh, Garage Logic still looking, looking for workers, for workers too, huh? to work the merchandise booth, yes. Jeez. Hot Indian Foods executive chef Janine Hollig has bumped wages up to 20 bucks an hour, borrowed staff from her regular restaurants, and is calling in a lot of personal favors, she says, to get some chef friends to pull double shifts at the state fair booths. But she says she still needs 18 more workers. Mark Andrew, a vendor at the fair for 49 years, put out an email to about 60 friends last week pleading for people who might be willing to work. He says he's never had a shortage of help in all these years until now. Just as a lot of restaurants, resorts, and other employers struggle to find workers this spring and summer, the fair says they're also feeling the strains of a pandemic-induced labor shortage. Some vendors have bumped up wages. Others are trying to find creative ways to recruit before it all starts on the 26th, a week from this Thursday. The fair itself usually hires about 2,300 people to work those 12 days, doing everything from taking tickets to helping with crowd control to emptying trash to cleaning bathrooms. But it's further behind on hiring than usual this year. With 400 positions still opening, and that's not counting the hundreds of jobs that vendors also would still like to fill. And well, MTC is reducing bus service because they can't find drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, We should make mention, we've been getting quite a few emails the last week or so about our appearances at the Minnesota State Fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be there every weekday with the exception of Labor Day and the Wednesday of the second week. And we will start recording right around noon every time we're out there. At the location of where we did the radio show for years. It is now going to be the Knack Hardware and Lounge at the Minnesota State Fair. Oh, good. We're going to have a lounge in back? Oh, yeah. yeah. You bet your uh, ass we're going to have one in the back. You've got yourself a a warm-up act on two of the Thursdays, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, the new uh, Johnny Hyde, Kenny Olsen podcast. News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. We're going to call that the Kenny Olsen podcast. No, it's it's (laughs) Kenny and Don McClain and uh, John. And it's called News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. 
right? Yeah, something like that, until we think of something better. We'll be the warm-up act those two Thursdays, so you can just boo us off the stage. That'll be fun. So what time will you begin (laughs) podcasting on those two Thursdays? Uh, Whenever the mayor arrives and uh, sits down with us, probably right around 11 or so. You're the the first guest. 10.30, 11 o'clock, right in that Do I have to be on uh, the second Thursday, too? No. no. <laughs> uh, Jason Matheson has agreed to join us. And uh, for both um, th- both of those Thursdays, we're going to have a crowd mic available. So you can ask uh, if you're a GLer or ask a Ask the talker. mayor anything? I love anything. it. I'd, anything. I'd start uh, the first question. How much do you make, Joe? Um, yeah. <laughs> how much your cost, uh, your house cost? Uh, yeah. what, what is the address okay, of your Marjorie. house? <laughs> That's, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. since that's the first day Marjorie will be there, maybe she can come up and ask you about your house. Oh. <laughs> It'll be fun, Joe. Uh, Who cuts your pre- hair? Yeah. <laughs> President Joe Biden rejecting blame, for those, uh, <laughs> huh. rejecting blame for chaotic scenes of Afghans clinging to U.S. military planes in Kabul in a desperate attempt to flee their home. He did that yesterday from the White House. At the White House, he called the anguish of trapped Afghani civilians gut-wrenching and conceded the Taliban had achieved a much faster takeover of the country than his administration had expected. Uh, The U.S. rushed in troops to protect its own evacuating diplomats and others at the Kabul airport, but the president expressed no second thoughts about the decision to stick by the U.S. uh, commitment formulated during the Trump administration to end America's longest war no matter what. Despite declaring the buck stops with me, he placed almost all the blame on Afghanistan's for the shockingly rapid Taliban conquest. Now, today, this morning, uh, they said they're going to speed up getting people out of there, Americans and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, people who are friends, but they're still not sure. Uh, The airport is secure, but they're not sure how they're going to get people from Kabul in in the city to the airport. Okay, I I think I've crystallized my view of this. Yes. Uh, I I think in the long run, it's, it's best to not be there. And quit this endless draining of money. Yes. It's, it's, it, these people are not capable of governing themselves, nor are they capable of defending themselves. At some point, you got to say the hell with it. Sorry. But that doesn't excuse the the calamitous ways ended. Why not? Correct. Why not three months ago start telling Americans, leave, because in on August 16th, we're done. But can you mm-hmm. do that? Why not? Okay, I, I'm wondering if there's a, a a technical way you can't announce a date or something well, like the, that. In other words, come up with a plan Yeah, there, so that you don't have well, yesterday. Yeah. Come and up Chris, with a plan. To answer, to answer your question, Chris, it really, you wouldn't have to publicize, you know, things. We could have started getting out like, the translators that helped us. Sure. And, you know, just get everybody out of there that's not, you know, essential and... And then suddenly go, okay, now the soldiers leave and see you. See you later. And then you don't have yesterday's scene. Exactly. Yep. So. Those people yesterday. You guys have it all figured out, man. That scene yesterday, I can only presume, John, (laughs) were Afghanis who feared retribution from the Taliban. Right. Right. Well, did you see the video of... The men they shot dead in the street yeah. when they came into Kabul. Yeah, just pulled them out of their houses if they thought they were yeah unfriendly to them. They shot them dead in the street. So I guess I would fear for my life at that point too. These were the uh, people most impacted by the Taliban arriving. 
Yep. Thus the chaotic yep. scene. Get me the hell out of here. I've been helping uh, General Schwartz down here, and boy, when they hear about that, I'm a goner. I'm, yep. I'm a goner. Well, that's yep. the, where was the plan for that? There wasn't a plan yep. for that. How could there not have been? Yeah. Because nothing makes sense. It reminded me. Do you guys recall what was the uh, the the Navy SEAL movie with um, Rockstar guy? Help me. Where he played the Navy SEAL, Chris Kyle. Help me. What was the name of that movie? Something know. sniper. American, American, American sniper. sniper. This scene where they pull the dad out of the house that I, I had to fast forward because then they took the son out of the house too. But that's exactly what happened yesterday. It's These the are godless scene. heathens. No, no, come on, Joe. Here's a headline uh, trending on Twitter. Taliban says they will guarantee women's yeah. rights under the limits of Islam. The hell they will. The takeover yeah. of- They're a bunch of lying, <laughs> insane, 6th mm-hmm. century animals. Joe, Joe, Joe. No, you've got it all wrong. They're just chanting death to America. But they're nice but about they it. They seem friendly at the same time. It's... Oh, play the next line, Chris. Chris, you didn't play the next line. That's the whole thing. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. That that to me is the story, not the fact that she said the other part. Right. But, you know, that's an argument. Yeah, CNN's totally trustworthy, John. You're right. It's an argument. Oh, Chris, you're being. (laughs) Chris has jumped over the edge, I've noticed recently. Oh, I got a big one, Joe. Look at that. Whoa, whoa. The, the heartbreaking me in because I'm on John's side here. <laughs> the, the heartbreaking stuff was like the first day there were uh, I saw things on Twitter from people who had served in Afghanistan sitting with soldiers from Afghanistan who helped us, and it said these are my friends. Blah 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 yeah, blah. Stop that all, blah blah the, blah stuff. They're, 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 thanks for ruining the mood there, Joe. Yeah. He said they're all dead now. Oh, you know that's that you know. That's the heartbreaking yeah. stuff. We didn't yep. help any of those people get out of there. And there's still yep. millions of those, not millions, thousands of those. So that's the bad part. You're right, Joe. There should have been a plan. <laughs> should have been a plan. U.S. health experts are expected to recommend COVID-19 booster shots for all Americans eight months after they get their second dose of the vaccine to ensure longer-lasting protection as the Delta variant spreads across the country. Uh, that would set me up for December. How about you guys? November. <laughs> November. Uh, They've been looking at whether extra shots for the vaccinated would be needed as early as this fall. An announcement on the U.S. booster recommendation is expected as soon as this week. Five states broke records for the average number of daily new COVID cases over the weekend. Uh, Those states, Florida, Louisiana, Hawaii, Oregon, and Mississippi. Here's my fantasy. There's still guys like Mitch Rapp sneaking around (laughs) Afghanistan in full disguise taking out the bad guys one at a time and slipping back into the darkness only to attack again somewhere else tomorrow that's that's my dream that's well, my you, fantasy you keep dreaming that billy it's pretty what, good it, here's another you know one other thing about this twitter yesterday had a taliban account tweeting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, how, huh yeah Right. Why, why would you allow that? But yet right. the former, and, and former president has been banned from that platform. Or for God's sakes, don't say anything about masks or, or vax or anything else. No, we but will silence you. You go ahead and let, uh, let the Taliban go crazy <laughs> and Antifa go crazy and everybody else go crazy on Twitter. That's all right. Well, you guys made a lot of points I don't agree with there, but at least you agreed with my original point. Uh, the <laughs> National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, is speaking currently at the White House right Com- now, gentlemen. Compromise, John. Compromise. <laughs> He 
uh, the art of politics. <laughs> National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, just said in a White House press briefing that President Biden has not yet spoken to any world leaders since Kabul fell to the Taliban. Mm. Might want to get on that, Joe. Well, someone's got to wake him up first. <laughs> Recent numbers. Here's some more good news. Show shootings continuing in Chicago. Uh, recently, 55 people shot on a weekend, but now that's not the only issue. Chicago police last night were warning anyone walking downtown or in the South Loop to stay alert after a large series of attacks and robberies. Investigators have linked those attacks and robberies to a group of teens. They've happened to people who have been simply walking down State Street and Michigan Avenue between Balbo Avenue and the Chicago River. And it doesn't matter if you're alone or in a group. Police said the youngsters are attacking and stealing from people at all hours. Over the weekend, a man and a woman were ambushed by a group of teens in a robbery. That happened by 11.30 in the evening. On State Street near Van Buren, a woman waiting for a bus surrounded by nine teenagers. They pulled out a BB gun, beat the woman over the head with the pistol, leaving her hurt on the ground. More robberies were reported later in the day on Saturday. The assailants described as being between 14 and 19, both boys and girls. Police say they did arrest six suspects, but were told that there were up to 10 youngsters involved in the various attacks. And police fear others may try to do the same thing. It's no different than living in Kabul right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wonderful part of downtown, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chicago is such an awesome downtown. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. that covers all of it. Percentage of U.S. adults who say they've tried marijuana has ticked up to 49%. That is the highest Gallup has measured to date. More than 50 years ago, just 4% said they had tried the drug, but that percentage surpassed 20% in 1977, 30% in 1985, 40% in 2015, and now is right at 50%. A much smaller proportion of U.S. adults, 12%, say they smoke marijuana regularly. The percentage of current marijuana smokers has been steady in recent years, varying between 11 and 13%. The partially mummified remains... I love these stories, <laughs> including hair and bones of a former slave who rose through the social ranks, uh, ranks have been found in the ancient Roman city of Pompeii. The remains of Marcus Venerius Segundio were found in a tomb at the necropolis of Porta Sarno. Well, how'd they get his name? Of, off his driver's license? It's, uh, there's, it has a, uh, <laughs> off his, very good. Uh, no, it, it has a, what amounts to a headstone here. I see. Uh, The tomb is believed to date back to the decades before Pompeii was destroyed by the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in A.D. 79. What have been described as the best-preserved human remains ever include Segundio's white hair and partially visible ear. Initial tests say he died at about the age of 60. Archaeologists said the discovery was unusual because deceased adults during Roman times usually were cremated. A glass urn with, with the name of a woman. Novia Amoblius, possibly Segundio's wife, was also found in the tomb. Uh, Segundio was a slave and the custodian of ancient Pompeii's Temple of Venus. After being freed from slavery, he joined the ranks of the Augustales, a college of priests, who were in charge of a form of emperor worship. I'll be darned. (laughs) In New York, (laughs) uh, this story, Metropolitan Transit Authority motorman allegedly had his girlfriend operate the D train through multiple stations during a trip in Brooklyn on Friday. Awesome. That's fantastic. This, this is this is going to cause him and her some problems. I think so. Uh, 
Cops are looking to question the wannabe conductor, 28-year-old Dominique Belgrave, after she posted an Instagram story showing her and her beau, identified by police as Terrell Harris, holding hands over the train's controls on their jaunt through the 50th Street, 55th Street, and 62nd Street stations. Belgrave said in one of multiple videos posted to her account, yes, this is me operating the train right now. At one point... As the train goes through underground stations, Belgrave is shown in footage alone at the controls and posing for a selfie with Harris in the cab. Uh, the problem here, well, yeah. he's 30, he's 32 years old, the fella. He's worked there 11 years. He makes almost $118,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But it's Shut quite illegal up. to let anybody else. I know that's what I thought. Uh, he will probably be disciplined, according to Interim Transit President, uh, Transit President Craig Cipriano. Uh, the video Let's is beyond see. egregious. Let's get to the real well, question here. Yeah. No, did they? Yeah. Uh, were they canning apricots up they were, there? They uh, were not, no. It was. They were just snuggling well, I, and I, holding I think hands. We found the moral all, of that story it was all in the up and up. Yeah, the moral of that story yeah, is you've got to be careful when you're on the D train. That's right. You know. Yeah. So, Chad, did you ever, uh, with you. the CP, uh, you ever, uh, you know, slide up <laughs> beside her in the kitchen and go, hey, uh, you want to you wanna drive my Boxster, baby? <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you ever try that one out? Yeah. <laughs> Never did. Never did. Well, n- n- no wonder you're in the shape you are now. <laughs> A 1909 Honus Wagner baseball card just sold for $6.6 million. Wow. That breaks the record for the most expensive sports card of all time. Robert Edward Auctions, which closed bidding on the card Monday morning, said the T206 Wagner card sold for the 6.6, beating the record of $5.2 million set by a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card back in January. The card featured Wagner, who played for the Pirates for all but the first three years of his career. It's long been considered one of the most valuable by collectors, as only about 60 are still known to exist, due to Wagner asking for his card to be removed prematurely from 1909 to 1911 because, uh, if you remember, they came in American Tobacco Company packages, and he was against smoking. I'll be darned. Brian Dwyer, president of Robert Edwards Auction, said with 60 of these, this is the one we've seen in the best shape ever, received a grade of three from Sports Card Guarantee Corporation. Only four Wagner cards have been given that rating. Wonder who owned it and what he paid for it. None of that was uh, listed. I did look that up and tried to find it. But In it other was words, all, was this a card uh, the owner was paid $3.5 million for in 1998 and now he just made this much? We don't I'm know. sure, uh, yes, I'm sure whoever it was uh, paid a good deal. And the card collecting industry has yeah. skyrocketed in the last, what, John, five years huge, or so? Huge, yeah, yeah, just huge. I wonder why. I've, I don't know. Uh, in don't fact, part of this story that I didn't say, uh, a recent card, we always think of ancient cards as selling, 2003-2004 uh, LeBron James autographed rookie card sold for $5.2 million also. Really? Matching that, that 52 mantle card. So... Uh, yeah. An actual autograph, or was it just stamped on the card? Ac- ac- no, actual autograph. Oh, okay. Actual yeah. autograph. Uh, you know who's a, a big card collector? Former Ooh. athlete? Former twin? Hmm. Phil Hughes. Oh, Phil Hughes. Oh, yes, yeah. he is. On, on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, frequently uh, tweets about uh, his cards. So. I think he's still getting paid by the twins, too. No. Yeah, well, I'm you kidding, know. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding.
In South Carolina, a man in Oconee County is facing charges after authorities say he stole a full-grown horse and tried to hide it in his bedroom. Pay no attention. No. (laughs) According to the incident report, deputies responded to reports that the suspect had been seen riding down the road on a horse and eventually taking it inside a home on Country Lane. Initially, deputies were unable to make contact with the suspect, hearing him speaking, but not able to make out exactly what he was saying. Dispatch was able to contact the suspect's father, who was not far away. He later told deputies the home was his and that his son wasn't supposed to be there. When they got there, deputies stated in the report they found signs that a horse could be nearby. Uh, One responding deputy wrote, I immediately observed that there was horse feces in the living room. The deputy then... (laughs) Horse apples, John. Horse apples. Road apples. then demanded the alleged horse thief exit the bedroom. Initially, authorities say he complied, but then went back when the deputy tried to take him into custody. Deputy wrote, it was at this time I observed a full-size quarter horse standing in the middle of the bedroom. The suspect ultimately <laughs> taken into custody without any further incidents. Put like uh, a lampshade on his head. You know, we think, uh, <laughs> we think we're crazy now, but we thought nothing of it back in the 60s when there was a television show about a horse that could talk. Mr. Yeah. Ed. Mr. Ed, yeah. Right. Well, obviously that guy's got some, you know, mental issues, wouldn't you say? He just wanted a horse. (laughs) I'd rather have a you know what I'd rather have? What's that? I'd rather have a scooter from EcoFun than a horse. Or a Bentelli e-bike from EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. You could bring that in the house. All oh man. All those uh, scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure and the great five levels of electric assist, Bintelli e-bikes, the full line of Yamaha equipment, full line of youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, great service, great people. And, uh, again, I've told you, uh, don't buy an electric bike just because it's the fad. Buy one because it's the smartest thing you can do to enjoy bike riding. And at EcoFun, they'll make sure you have the right fit, the right mm-hmm. frame, the right tires, the right saddle. Everything will be just perfect, so your riding will be maximized on those Bintelli e-bikes. Uh, find out this and much more at EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61. Where else? Right in downtown Forest Lake, Johnny. Uh, Grace is a tropical storm. Regained tropical storm today, and unfortunately, you know where it's headed? Toward huh. Haiti. Oh, no. Yeah. They can't Grace. catch a break, can they? Uh, Grace has hit part of earthquake damaged Haiti already as a tropical depression on Monday with up to 10 inches of rain, pelting people huddling in fields and looking for survivors. Storm couldn't come at a worse time for Haitians struggling to deal with the effects of an earthquake 7.2 magnitude that happened on Saturday. The storm arrived on the same day that the country's civil protection agency raised the death toll from the earthquake to 1,419 and the number of injured to 6,000. Officials said the earthquake left more than 7,000 homes destroyed, nearly 5,000 damaged from the quake, and 30,000 families homeless. Hospitals, schools, offices, and churches were also destroyed or badly damaged by the earthquake. Do you guys, I just looked this up because I was, I was curious. Do you know what the population of Haiti is? I don't. It's over 11 million people. Yeah. That's shocking wow. to me, given how small that area is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is there a Haitian community in Miami? I would assume so. Is there a Haitian community in New York? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah. Okay. During a video visitation with her jailed boyfriend, a Florida woman exposed her breasts and touched herself, according to police, oh. and was arrested for the alleged lewd display. 
Uh, this wouldn't be news except the woman. Well, let me get, let me read the whole story to you. 38-year-old Danielle Ferraro traveled Sunday afternoon to the Charlotte County Jail for an hour-long virtual visit with 25-year-old inmate Cody Thomas. Ferraro was in the lockup's video visitation building while Thomas was elsewhere in the facility. During the visit, they frequently talked in a lewd manner, talking about sex, sexual activities, and sexual organs, according to the police report. Uh, she frequently flaunted and rubbed her breasts, showing the revealing outfit that she was wearing, calling it naughty. Mm -hmm. wow. After after Ferraro uh, mentioned how she... Uh, well, it's you let's be really part. careful. But let's again. just say she was she was enjoying herself. Let's right. put it that way. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Near the near the session's conclusion, Ferraro exposed her breast to Thomas, uh, oh. resulting in the visitation to be canceled by staff at the center. At the time of the August eighth incident, Thomas was about a third of the way through a thirty day sentence for possession of drug paraphernalia. He had been arrested in April at a traffic stop while behind the wheel of Ferraro's car. After police found a needle containing meth, Thomas reportedly assured Ferraro, "Don't worry, I told them it all belonged to me." Uh, when Wednesday they got to Ferraro's apartment, cops told her she was being arrested for her exposure uh, in that uh, public space. She said, and this is a quote from the police report: "Really." I can't believe that just showing Cody my boobs would get me arrested. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's Ferraro, Ferraro's first name? <laughs> You're going to look her up, aren't you? Um, she's a, what's she's, her a, she's pretty blonde, Kenny. Danielle. Good luck. Okay. John, that's fantastic. Right. Okay. Uh, just fantastic. <laughs> you better How take a break so Kenny can look it yeah. up. Take a break. Mate Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Did you ever think common sense could be this much fun? It's the Joe Suchere Show. I just wanted to know what that one was. That was old. That was Ruck. Mm -hmm. What a great point Darren is about to make. Joe, I'm in the transportation industry. I work for Warren Buffett. We refer to him as Uncle Warren out here on the rails. We saw a drastic reduction in traffic in 2020, lots of layoffs and mothballing of equipment. I know that the airline industry did the same. With that in mind, you would think that any trend regarding climate change would have reversed itself during the pandemic. After all, it's emissions that are the problem, right? It's been pretty damn hot in southwest Missouri as it is every year about this time. Love the show. Uh, yeah, we didn't get any uh, reduction in hysteria with all the vehicles off the road. That's true. All And all, all that's happened is that those vehicles now just increase speed. They're speeding. Mm -hmm. uh, Kenny's informing us, which does you no good on a podcast, that the tunnel uh, probably will be closed due to an accident in uh, yeah. I-94. Some, something involving a, a semi, and I can't tell what it is. Uh, oh, spill load, crushed, I don't know. Uh, anyway, and I can't speculate because I don't have the scanner on, but um, only the right lane getting by westbound 94 in the tube. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans on this day in 1862. What's today, the 17th? Mm -hmm. Five young Dakota men murdered the Baker family on a farm near Acton in Meeker County. Upon hearing this news, some Dakota leaders decide to launch a general attack on settler colonists near the Lower Sioux Agency, beginning the U.S.-Dakota War of 1862. And on this day in 1946, 
A tornado killed 11 and injured 60 individuals in Mankato and North Mankato. And a second tornado injured 200 people in Wells an hour later. Mm. You know Wells, uh, Minnesota? I do. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's down there. We haven't had so much as a thunderstorm this summer, have we? Uh, well, we had we had the big lightning uh, show know, a couple of weekends ago. That was pretty nothing, cool. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I want you, a storm. Have you ever explored any of the um, historical sites in south central and southwestern Minnesota where the um, so-called Dakota conflict was carried out? No. No, nor have I. And I find that kind of stupid since I've... <coughs> Studied many historical sites in the West, Montana, Wyoming, etc. You all it's right, fascinating. Reeves? Huh? Well, just this day in history makes me so emotional. Because <laughs> it means the show's coming to an end. Oh. Not before I tell you about uh, Center Point and Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. Well, I'm, I'm in here with a guy who's choking. Can you call somebody? Oh, this dang Call Col- the choking department. This dang COVID just won't go away. Yeah. Center Point of Mendota Heights Commercial <laughs> Office Park, an eight-building campus on rolling park-like land. It's in Mendota, conveniently located uh, near the airport, you, easy to get to both downtowns where you no longer have to fight that problem. Uh, easy access to highways 55, 62, 494, 35E. It really is beautiful. Free parking right out in front. They're all single-story, no elevator weights. They're all customizable, so you get exactly what you want. They all have wave purification systems in the buildings. Each space has its own bathroom, of course. And just think of the convenience of that parking. Think of the hassle of trying to park downtown if and when you return to park downtown. You could go to Centerpoint in Mendota Heights instead and really enjoy yourself, you and your employees working where it's easier to work. It's locally owned and operated, and it's lovely. I've toured it. It's, uh, it's really a pleasant, pleasant scenery out there. Uh, for more information, visit Escape to Mendota. That's one word, escape to Mendota.com. Nice. Yeah, it's a wonderful place. Yes, it is. Yeah. Hey, GLers, do us a favor and uh, like and subscribe at the Garage Logic YouTube channel. We want to thank the thousands of you that have already made the switch over to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And also, please don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device and the chance to win fantastic prizes just by listening to us via the PodMN app. Now that my coughing fit is over, we can say see you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And that's exactly what you should do today for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that number is 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk. You never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, futures are down. Do you anticipate that being a repeat? of yesterday? I don't know. Yesterday, the market opened down on concerns that the COVID variant would spread. The price of oil continued to drop, which is signifying a economic slowdown. Interest rates, at least on the long term, were, were moving up early morning, 250 Dow points to closing up as we currently see. You know, today, the Dow futures opened up down 200. Concerns about retail sales for the month of July, which came in below 
expectations down uh, 1.1% for the month versus the belief of negative 0.3%. And of course, Home Depot came out with their earnings. They were beautiful. They beat on the top line. They beat on the bottom line. Sellers came in, analysts came in, and top line. We care that you beat on the bottom line. What we care about is your same store sales was only up 4.5%. We thought they'd be, your same store sales would be up 5%. Your revenue number wasn't as good as we thought because you got a bigger revenue number on fewer customers. Fewer customers spending more money, and that's bad. Home Depot can't keep up doing what they're doing. Sales are going to become much tougher after a very good 2020 and pretty good start to 2021. The question becomes, are do-it-yourselfers going to continue doing it themselves? And is construction going to continue? Nobody knows. Home Depot has been able to survive. And to me, the big number is fewer customers spending more money. That's a big thing. Walmart then reported they beat and they raised. Their comparable store sales were up. Digital sales were up. Home Depot did very well. My favorite, Amazon, which got knocked down when they reported what I thought were terrific earnings. They got knocked down again, the dreaded comparable store sale with some of these top quality retail names. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but they are high quality names. These companies are not going to go away. Are they going to appreciate 20% a year ad infinitum? Probably not, but they're solid companies with good growth. These are the types of companies that deserve a part in your portfolio. Other things that were down today, the worries about COVID and also what's the Fed going to do. Those concerns overwhelmed just about uh, everything else in the marketplace. Concerns have affected many of the travel and leisure stocks, despite these companies, particularly my favorite casino names. They had their best quarters, I don't know, ever, but in a very long while, even with masking and social distancing impacting revenues, two of the three months. I'd say that these guys are prepared for what's coming up, and I think the, the sell-off there is unwarranted. However, the sell-off in Chinese stocks, definitely places I'd want to avoid. And the sell-off in special purpose acquisition companies, the SPAC, way too many SPACs. This is something we warned about in February. Be careful with those. Very good. There you have it, GLers. Pick up that phone, make that call to Mr. Money Talk today once again for that free 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great day, and we will talk to you again on Thursday. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.